I like the enthusiasm. Let's go. It's almost like, I don't know if you guys knew this, but spring is here. Um, it's almost shorts weather, right? I mean, at least it feels that way compared to the Arctic tundra of the last few weeks. Um, and I just found out today, my wife uh, texted me. She's like, it feels so spring out that my roof is leaking. Um, so we got that going for us. Um, but how's everybody doing? Everybody getting back into the flow of school and classes? And Wow. I don't know that I heard so many groans before. Um, but you guys, I'm excited to, to talk about what we're talking about tonight. Um, we're kind of continuing to talk over that theme of resolutions, right? Like how many of you have legitimately set a resolution for 2018? Good, good. A handful of you. Good. Um, and so last week we, we kind of talked about being set apart, what that looks like for to be consecrated unto God. Um, and that idea of um, being set apart makes us look different, correct? It makes us not do the things that we see others doing around us just because we think they're cool, but it's just because we, like, we know that God is asking us not to do those things, right? Like not to, not to look like everybody else around us, not to use the language that people use around us, not to use people like we see others using people. Um, we know that God sees people differently. And, and, and with that comes this idea of like, how many of you know, like, the first time that you saw somebody who, like, this is a legitimate Christ follower, right? Like, this is somebody who, who honestly looks like Jesus to me. Anybody ever had anybody like that in your life? <laughs> like, a few hand, hands are coming up. See, like, to me, that, that's, that's sad to me, right? Like, some of us, because I remember that moment that, that I came into to a college group and I was like, look at all these weird, crazy people, but... They look like Jesus to me, right? Like they love me for who I am. They, 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 they took me in. They, they, they brought, cleaned me up. They, they showed me who Jesus was. And, and Tammy actually shared with us last week about a person that did that for her. And, and, and he's here tonight, right? Uh, and it was Stephen, is that right? Yes, that's right? So Stephen, raise your hand. Like it was because of a youth student like him to say, would you come with me to church? And it changed Tammy's life forever. You guys, that can be you. You can be sitting in these chairs tonight going, ah, I don't really know anybody. All it takes is one person. How many of you know one person tonight? <laughs> okay, don't lie to me. I know you all know one person. Um, it, all, all it takes is one invitation for you guys to have somebody come in and, and, and just have an encounter with God that they can't shake. Last week, we talked about laying down that one thing, right, that, that holds us back from our relationship with God. Like, we all have those things in our life that is just like, yeah, this is taking priority over my relationship with Jesus right now. And we laid those down at the altar, and, and we saw in Joshua how, how God says, if you do your part, if you set yourself apart, if you consecrate yourself to me, I'll do my part, right? Like, God will show up in some big and major ways in our life. And, and I don't know about you, but, but too many times we look at the world around us, and maybe like our, our hands showed up like that, that were raised about like, how many of you have seen that person in your life that looks like a Christian? How many of us are used to seeing the opposite? We're used to seeing just people who are hypocritical, people who, who are fallen. And sometimes I think our lack of vulnerability is maybe due to that, right? Like, um, I don't know about you, but my life is not perfect. I struggle with things. I struggle with sin. I struggle with thoughts. I struggle with those things. And, and here, I'm a pastor, right? Like, I'm not invincible, but I am a follower of Jesus and I love him and I know that there's hope and I know that there's, there's joy on the other end of all these things that he's developing me. He's going to use them in me. And too many times we, we look out at the, at the church or we look out at what, the, what we think the church should look like and we see the opposite. 
We struggle with the many things in the world around us that, that, that just like we hear everybody else doing. We, we, we struggle with pornography. We struggle with lying, with stealing, with cheating. Our anger rules us. Uh, our thirst and drive for more drives everything, right? I just want more money. I want a nice car. I want a nice house. I need this. Like all that drives us. And we see that within the church. But you guys were called to be set apart, that we don't devote ourselves to those things. We devote ourselves to him. And if we can make it our resolution tonight of what we're talking about, not only being set apart, but what we're going to talk about tonight, and it's simply read scripture. You guys, if you can start this year by getting into this thing, your life will be changed. It's just a proof. I, 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 it worked for me, right? Like, it's just like as seen on TV. It's one of those like, things. It's just like if we get into God's word and we let it start to get into our hearts, it's going to change us. And it almost sounds like a broken record, right? Just like, oh, again, here we go, talking about reading scripture. But there is nothing more important than reading scripture, you guys. When I looked up uh, resolutions, like I said, I've not always been a fan of resolutions. But I looked up, like, what are the top 10, like the David Letterman, what are the top 10 New Year's resolutions? How many of you have a guess of what they might be? Go ahead and start throwing stuff out there. Lose weight, number one. Save money. Yes, there is, it is here. Uh, better financial decisions, number three. Eat better? Eat better, uh, Yes, life self improvements number two. Anything else? Go to the, I heard go to the gym. That's number seven. Work out more often. Quit smoking. That's number four. That is not on here. <laughs> it, that, that I mean that can maybe go in with uh, do more exciting things. Okay. <laughs> Number five was do more exciting things. Like one of mine, like bucket list is like, I want to jump out of a plane. How many is with me? Like I, well, with a parachute on, right? Like don't, let's not get crazy. <laughs> this isn't a jump of faith, but this is like, well, maybe there's faith in like, please parachute open, right? Like, <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> so stupid. You can't, no. Anybody have any, any other guesses? There's a couple more that we haven't hit in. Find the love of your life. That could work. <laughs> That's pretty generic. That could be, it's not on the top 10 actually. But one of the last ones is, is find a better job. Wow, some of your resolutions are don't die and survive. We know where your guys' resolutions are. Um, but those are like the top 10 of, of New Year's resolutions. And you guys, 41% of Americans usually make New Year's resolutions. 17% infrequently make New Year's resolutions. 42% absolutely never make New Year's resolutions. 9.2% of people felt like they were successful at their goals. So out of, out of the 42%, only 9% of people were like, yeah, I kind of hit them, right? Like, so it tells you that our failure rate is pretty high. 42% never succeed and fall at their resolutions. 
So it, what's interesting to me is the percentage of people who fail resolutions is higher than the percentage of people who even make resolutions, right? Like, it, so, but, but one of the things that, that I found most interesting looking this up is, is and, I, and I have it all up on the board, but you guys need to hear this because people who make resolutions are 10 times more likely to attain their goals than people who never make resolutions. You guys, we don't hit things by accident in our life. And, and, and the same goes in, in our faith walk. Our faith walk won't get better just by magic, right? It's not going to get better just by like, well, I come to youth group every day and sit in a chair and try to soak up as much as I can. It's not going to get better that way. It needs to be on purpose. You guys, it's overwhelming to me that it's better to try and make resolutions than not. It's 10 times more likely that you'll meet your goal. You guys, we need to be a people, and especially as believers, to set these things out in front of us of like, God, how can my relationship with you get better? And it's one, the, tonight's resolution on reading scripture, it's like one of the number one things, like as I meet with students, it's like the number one thing that most students don't do. And you guys, it bothers me. It's like we, we say we're Christians, but yet, like, it's like this picture of Jesus. Like, when he says, come, like, come and follow me, it's like we have this picture of Jesus going, would you please follow me? Could you just call yourself a Christian? Like, can you just call? You don't have to change anything in your life. Can you just call yourself a Christian, right? Like, Jesus is not desperate for us, amen? When Jesus calls us to come and follow him, it's a radical life change, and we should look differently. It's one of the number one things I always hear is like, ah, I don't really have time for reading, but, but man, my prayer life is amazing. Woo, I pray all the time. It's like, so you're telling me you like to talk, right? You're telling me you like to talk to God, but you don't like to listen. One of my life mottos, and one of these, just because I've heard them, like I've, I've, I've learned it by my mistake, is God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason, Right? Sometimes he wants us to shut up and listen. And so tonight we're making, I want, us to, I want to challenge us for the next 30 days, if we can make it our resolution to read scripture, I believe that it's not only going to be a good thing over this next month, but it can be a habit for the rest of your life. And you guys, if there's nothing else that we do in youth group, but you leave here, you graduate high school, and you're like, the one thing I took away from Sunrise Youth is my desire to get into the Bible, Win. Done. Like, that's a win to me. Like, good. You can hear from God the rest of your life. You don't need to be here to do that. You will hear from God the rest of your life. That's a win to me. That's the least thing you can say. Thumbs up on my end, right? And you guys, the Bible is like, it's awesome to read. (laughs) How many of you have read through like, Growing up, like I, I grew up, I grew up Catholic, and so I was told all these stories, and, and I never really read the Bible for myself. And I was told all these stories about like Samson and Delilah, and then I read through Samson and, and Delilah for the first time. How many of you read through that that story? It is a messed up story, right? Like I'm like, why do we make this like? Why do we make this for kids? This is weird and messed up. Like I don't get it, right? It was like, whoa, this is really messed up. And it's, it's really not about his hair. I was always told, like, Samson grew his strength because of his hair. Like, and it's not about that. 
Jonah and the whale is, is not this like cute little story. Like I always had this picture of like Jonah gets swallowed by the whale and then he's got this little cute Jiminy Cricket, right? Like, like he comes and talks to him and like, little, little. it's like, no, there's no Jiminy Cricket in Jonah and the whale, right? David and Goliath. I don't think I was ever told growing up that when David finally defeats the Goliath, what does he do? Chops his head off. I was never told that. I read that for the first time. I was like, whoa, what? Like, this is crazy. David, you are the man, right? Like, it's just like, he's just like, hey, I've killed lions and bears with my own two hands. I'm going to go cut this guy's head off too, right? Like, and it was all because he was being defiant to his God. When I started to read these things, like, all the, like, the misconceptions I had about the Bible began to, like, go away and it was like I began to see it really wasn't this old book for old people in old times it was for here and now and it spoke to my heart you guys it takes one month it takes 21 days to form a new habit and I believe that if you read scripture every day for one month it will be a habit for the rest of your life and it's a win to me in the worst case scenario if you try and fail so what let's do it again Make the resolution again and try next month. Because if you make it, if tonight we set that for the next month, for the next 30 days of my life, I'm going to read scripture, you're 10 times more likely to do it. That's worth it to me. Can we do that as a group tonight? Before we get into scripture, I would ask you, what is your excuse? I hear so many excuses of like, oh man, like, the dog ate my Bible, right? Like, I've never heard that excuse. I was just coming up with something on the fly. But I hear busyness as an excuse. And it's an excuse. Because let me tell you what, like, you're more free now in your life than you ever will be moving forward. I'm just going to challenge you with that now because eventually you'll have four little rug rats and they all want your attention. You'll have a wife and, or a spouse that wants your attention. You'll have a job that wants 40 hours a week. You'll have just all these things that come up and your free time won't grow. And so if we don't set good habits in, in your life now, it may never happen, you guys. I've heard I really don't like reading I've heard I had good intentions, but I failed. Other things came up. I've heard I didn't really get anything out of it. It's hard for me to read. It is written by people and therefore wrong. I don't have a Bible. You guys, we live in 2018. You can go to your Google app store and get yourself a Bible, right? Like, and free, they don't charge anything. And so I would just challenge you, don't make those excuses. Hebrews 4.12 tells us that the word is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It judges the attitudes of the heart. Psalm 119.105 says that your word is a lamp for my feet, a light for my path. You guys, when I read those things, the more that I dig into scripture, the more that I read, the, even the more times I run, read through it, like, the Holy Spirit just illuminates areas and sections that it's like, I've read through this like how many times now and, and why did I never see this? It's because the word is alive and active. God begins to press in and, and, and it changes, even still to this day, change things in my heart that it's like, God, I thought I was pretty good and nope, right? Like, 
okay, God, I, got, I have something else I need to surrender to you. And now since being married, I've been married for 13 years, my wife knows me better than anybody else. And still to this day, she can come up and, and she can tell like, Tim, you have not gotten in the word today, have you? You've not read your Bible. And it's like, oh, no, I haven't. You know, like, it's just like busted. And, and, but she knows like who I am is different if I'm not grounded. She can see those things. And I would challenge you that people can see them in your life. They can see that, I see that you call yourself a Christian, but I don't see that you're grounded. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Psalm 1. And it says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of the sinners or sit at the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Now we see the other side of that coin. Not so with the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. Here comes the promise. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. You guys, I love this psalm because when we pick it apart, we see that psalm compares godly people with not godly people. He, he, the godly, which is the blessed, the righteous, the words that he uses for this, the ungodly, the wicked, the world. One of the things with our, with our Kyle leadership team is, is we've, instead of using the words of like saved and unsaved and heathen and whatever Christian, like we've used, started, started to use the terminology Christian and pre-Christian, right? With the hope of someday dropping the pre for everybody. That helps us view people differently, right? Like we don't just see them as something that's unreachable, unattainable. But you're either Christian or you're pre-Christian. And I hope that the pre drops off someday. Amen? Isn't that awesome? But we start to see as well that we are set apart. That there is a difference. That scripture says that there should be a difference. Do not walk in the counsel of the wicked. Or stand in the way of sinners or sit at the seat of mockers. Because this is where I would come back and say, who you hang around matters. You show me your friends, I'll show you your future. How many of you have that friend where you're like, I don't want to be like them? No, no pointing, please. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> But the, the fact remains, like, the more that we put ourselves around people that we don't want to be around, the more that we become like them. You can tell which one of you are by looking at your lifestyle, who you are associated with. Scripture tells us that. Before I knew God, I hung out with people that kind of did anything and everything they wanted to do. I hung out with people that did things that I would, like at one point in my life, I would have said, I'm never going to do that, right? But can you guess what, would have, what happened after a year or two of hanging around those people Guess the things that I was doing. 
You guys, I ended up doing things I never would have thought I would have done. Never. Like in high school, I would have made fun of those people. Like, oh man, those guys, they're, they're extra like loser-ish, right? Like, and, and eventually I got to that place and I was like, what the heck? How did this happen? And it was like, God eventually revealed to me one day, like, look who you were hanging around. You became like who you were hanging around. You guys, that, don't take your friends lightly. You show me your friends, I'll show you your future. And we see this in Psalm 1. Not only who you hang around matters, but what you do matters. How many times do we like, we like to just do something out of the bloom, like, whoops, sorry, like, eh, I hope you can forgive me, that doesn't matter. What we do matters. The, de- the decisions that we make, the things that we say, the, the, the people that we hang out with, that matters. Right after I gave my, my heart to God, I, 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 uh, um, I kind of lived a, like a, a party lifestyle. And, and so right after I gave my life to God, I was like, I'm going to go reach those friends. And I'm going to go back into these parties. And I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go and like, bang, we're like, everybody's going to come to know Jesus. Can you guys guess what happened? <laughs> not anybody like came to Jesus. Right? Like, like I came out and like I compromised all the things that I said I was going to do because it's like I wasn't ready. They were stronger than I was. They could get me to move quicker than, than what I thought I could get them to move, right? Like, and eventually this decision, like God began speaking to my heart and saying, Tim, you need to let them go. You guys, that was some of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make of like, I can no longer be friends with you. Because my relationship with God is more important than you. You guys, that was hard for me. It still is when I think about it. But it's what I needed to do to be set apart. I went into parties with good intentions, but how many of you know good intentions only get you so far? How many of you have ever had a good intention and it ended up going completely the opposite direction? Like this just crashed and burned and blew up in my face, right? Like... Good intentions only get us so far. I had to come to this point of realizing I'm not strong enough and I needed to stop doing what I was doing. And when I started doing that, verse two kind of came to life to me. It's like, we delight in the law of the Lord. Instead of seeing it as restrictions, instead of seeing, seeing scripture as, as rules and regulations, I started seeing it as like, I want to live this way because I want to live in freedom. Amen. I don't want to be tied down to anything around me. I want to live in freedom that, that God has for me. We change. We change because of God's love for us. We, we live by his fruits of the spirit. And then the next part really stood out to me because I knew that I wasn't totally doing this, but it says, and on his law, he meditates on it day and night. You guys, we're not just going to get this through osmosis. You're not going to get this by me just speaking to you and at you, right? Like, I'm sorry, I'd like, I would like to think I'm like an okay speaker, but I know that it's just not the same as just getting into the word and, 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 and reading it and digesting it and seeing it and talking about it and, and, and digging through with it with your friends. It's not the same. Remember when we first got married, um, my wife and I, um, my wife is like, She's probably the, the fastest faller or sleeper ever on the face of the planet. Um, 
And I kind of have a wind down process, right? Like, and I remember one night, like, it was like, we were first married and she's like, I'm going to get ready for bed and I'm going to go read my Bible. I was like, okay, I'll be right in there. And literally I just brushed my teeth and I like walked in and she's like face down sleeping in her Bible. And I was like, what in the, how long did I take brushing my teeth, right? Like, it's like, I sang happy birthday to myself. I didn't think it was that long, right? Like, um, I didn't sing happy birthday, but that's like the appropriate length for brushing your teeth. Anyway, um, I just remember thinking like, oh, she's doing it through osmosis, right? Like she's sleeping on the word, so she's gonna wake up. That doesn't work, right? Like we don't get the word by just like sleeping on it. But anyway, it was one of those funny moments where I was just like, I can't fall asleep that fast, right? Like, uh, I don't know, like, and she still to this day is like that. Like she's like nine o'clock hits, she's like going to bed, boop, out, lights out, gone. Like, I'm still envious of that. Anyway, but you guys, I think, as students, this is the single, like if, if we can get in and set ourselves apart and read scripture, it's the single greatest underutilized weapon that God has given us that we never access. And I want you guys to know that. I want to put stress on that. Like, like God is trying to hand you a lightsaber and you're going, nope, don't want it. How cool is a lightsaber? Amen? Like I, I will find you a Bible that makes noise if that will help you read it. Like, like, and you're like, yeah, I'm into God's word. Like, you're just out there swinging it around. Like, like, God has given us this lightsaber and we don't want it. That's crazy to me. When we run into situations, we can just like force suck them and like, like, and God has given us this in his word and we're just like, nah, I'll keep talking to you, right? Like, that's crazy to me. When we run into impossible situations, there's answers in here. When we run into th- in things in our classroom, when our, when our teachers are trying to teach us things that we don't really know how to handle, um, like fractions, right, Jeff? <laughs> when people around us are saying the opposite, are teaching us the opposite, and, and sometimes we will talk to them and it seems like they know the Bible better than we do. And it kind of puts us in this paralysis of like, oh, they quote a scripture. I don't know what scripture that is. I think I just lost, right? Like, it kind of puts us in this spot of like, we don't know what to do. We walk away, we're confused and hurt and shaken. And all of it would be gone if we just got into the word, right? And we see how God views the pre-Christians. It's like, they're like chaff. They're gonna blow away when, 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 when judgment comes. They're just, it is what it is, I got it. But then in verse 6, it says, God watches over the righteous. The wicked will fend for themselves. I don't know about you, but, but I want God to watch over my life. How many of you want God to watch over your life, to do amazing things in your life? So I would ask you the question, do you delight in the law of the Lord? Are you meditating on it day and night? And some of us can look at reading scripture and it's like, yeah, but I'm not a morning person. Where in Psalm 1 does it say that you have to be a morning person to be a person that meditates on the law day and night? Because sometimes we we like to look at what works for other people and put it on our life. I am not a morning person. Amen? Amen? Can I hear an amen, right? I don't wake up in the morning and just like, oh, 
oh God, I'm going to spend time with you. I'm like, coffee, right? Like and typically my daughter is there at like 5.30 going, daddy, daddy, daddy. It's like, it's not necessarily a peaceful time for me. Sorry, did I freak you out a little bit? <laughs> but I would challenge you, find what works. Set aside that time for God. If you're a morning person, don't rub it in. But go and spend time with God, amen? Because I, I stand here and I tell you, because I know it in my life, and I know Jeff and Tammy and Jessica and Martin and, and Nathan and Ryan and, and the, all the leaders can tell you that there's nothing more that will change your life than scripture. I can't give you anything else. I don't want to give you anything else. I want to give you a Bible and read it. And it doesn't have to be King James, amen? Does, oh, how art thou, Father? Like, we don't have to talk that way, right? There are, there are up-to-date Bibles that speak to us how we are. Because I believe that your life will change more if you get into the daily habit of getting into your word than anything else. If you don't do it now, you will never do it moving forward. I want you to hear that tonight. That if you don't do it as a high school student, if you don't do it now, if you don't set it, not saying that you can't change in the future. But some of us need to get in the habit of set or setting better habits earlier in our life. Why do we always have to learn from mistakes, right? Like, I feel like, God, why did you have to make me such a thick-headed fool? Right? Like, I'm tired of learning from my mistakes. I want to learn from what God has right for us. I was just telling Nathan the other, actually yesterday, that like, in high school, I was not the quickest of students. I've had my license taken away twice. I got caught driving on a suspended license. I don't know why I kept speeding. Like, it's like they knew, like, oh, there's a white truck. He's probably going, like, at least 15 over. He might not have his license, right? Like, they just knew that, like, here's the moron. I'm tired of learning from my mistakes, you guys. But you guys, accountability is huge. Digging into it with other people. We like to make our walk with God this extremely private thing. And, and I, want, I want you to know it was never meant to be that. Scripture is always meant to be digested through with groups, with people around us. It's not supposed to be this intensely just personal thing. Yes, it's personal, but dig through it with others. Because when you start to read through Scripture and you're just like, Okay, I read this thing that Paul's like, I do not do what I do not do because I do not do what I do not. You know, like, we're just like, that doesn't make any sense to me. And then you can look and your friend can be like, oh, well, this is what he's saying, right? Like, they see things, they ask questions differently than you. And when we start to do that, we're like a tree that's planted in streams of water. And so I would challenge you that, that as a youth group, can we commit to 30 minutes a day to sit down and read our Bibles. Can we commit to that? I want to challenge you right now. I'm not looking for a raising of hands, but just set it in our hearts of going, God, and maybe it's not 30 minutes, maybe it's 15 minutes, but I would say 30 minutes is a good amount of time. 30 minutes is our favorite Netflix show, right? Right? I don't have to watch The Office or The Parks and Rec 
two of my very favorite shows if it means spending 30 minutes with God. For those of you that work and and have the fortunate of getting a lunch break, maybe it's, I'm just going to go sit and read during my lunch break. Some of us get an hour. It's only half of your lunch break. You can eat on the other half, right? Like, Some of us have an excuse to wake up and grab that cup of coffee as soon as we can to wake up and get into God's word, amen? Like, some of us have that excuse. Some of us are, like, maybe more of a night person, but we're like, oh, I just get too tired at night. I don't care. Drink coffee at night. Drink an energy drink. I don't care. Do what you have to do to get into God's word. And you might get through it, like, in double the speed. You're just like, dude, I just got through 16 chapters of the Bible because I just, read a, I just drank a Red Bull and it was amazing. And I'm blah, blah, blah. You're like, whoa, easy there. <laughs> but you guys, if you commit to reading scripture, your 2018 is going to be different. It has to be different. Amen? It's what changed my life. Because I believe that when we do that, when we start to live out what's in here, we start to see less of like, the, oh, I just see hypocrites. And we'll start to hear things like, this is what I thought Christians would look like. I see Sunrise Youth as people that see the words on the page, that see the words that are coming out of Jesus' mouth and try to live it out. I want to be known for that. They see that we're Christians that, that aren't pursuing all the things that the world pursues, but they see that all the, the only thing that we're pursuing is God. We don't just come to play dodgeball once a week. Amen? That's a perk. Not going to lie. But you guys, when we do that, when we get into the power of God, we will see lives changed. We will see the Tammy Skinners that get invited and God shows up and just completely, radically transforms their life. We will have testimony of students going, I heard God's voice. I was doing this thing and I heard him audibly tell me what to do. It was amazing, you guys. I don't know about you, but I want to see more of that. So I want to close in prayer and then I'm going to ask you to do one thing tonight before we leave. But let's just close out in prayer and then I'm going to ask you to do one thing and you're going to find somebody that you're going to be accountable with over this next month. Amen. Uh, Heavenly Father, I just pray that the words out of Psalm 1, Father, that you would just, by your Holy Spirit, that you would ignite a flame within our hearts, Father, that, that we are a people that get into your word. That, Father, it's the only thing that has the power to change our lives. And a lot of times we look at situations that we're going through and like, God, why aren't you answering me? And the whole time you're going, I have, it's just in the word already. I don't need to repeat myself. Father, I pray that you would give us a burning desire to get into your word daily. That God, that our minds, our hearts, our priorities are the things that, that take control of our minds. That, God, that those things would naturally start to fall into place because your word would be a lamp unto our feet. It'd be like a double-edged sword. You'd begin to cut away things in our life that are distracting us from you. And that God is that every student that comes through these doors within the the three or four years that they're here, when they graduate, they can say, I have a love for God's word. It's a win to me. 
because they can now take your voice, your words with them the rest of their life. And Father, I just pray that over this generation. God, may their hearts burn for, for your word. May we be transformed by it, Father. God, I believe that if we start 2018 with just the simple, for the next 30 days, I'm reading your scripture, I'm reading your word for 30 days, for 30 minutes. God, I believe that you're gonna dramatically transform Sunrise Youth. That lives will be changed, that people will start this and by the end of 2018, their lives are gonna be dramatically different. You're gonna place new callings on their life, new dreams over their life, Father. You're gonna bring new hope in their life. God, we just thank you for what you're gonna do because your word promises that if we set ourselves apart, if we meditate on your law day and night, that you're gonna watch over us and you're gonna show up in front of us. Jesus, we just pray this over 2018. Pray this over our students. We just pray these things in Jesus' holy name. And everybody said, amen. So what I want you to do now is I want you to find one person in this room that you're gonna be accountable to this week. You're gonna check in with them over Facebook, text, Snapchat. There is no better snap streak than you can have than to be like, did you get in the gun's word? Yes, I read Genesis, blah, 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 blah. Keep that snap streak going, right? Let's go. Like, there's no better snap streak than you can have than, than a snap streak of God's, God's word. You can Instagram each other like, look, I'm reading my Bible. Like, like, you can do those things. I don't care. Whatever you have to do, text, call, run over to their house, knock on their window in the middle of the night. Don't do that. You might get arrested. Um, but find somebody in this room that you're going to be accountable to this week to read scripture. Go, do it now.